0: Bienvenidos otra vez a mi podcast Hello everyone, I hope you're doing well This is Mackenzie reporting in from Oaxaca, Mexico live Yes, she's here, she's limited um, So welcome back to my podcast, episode 2 Hey future self, how you doing? Your present self is doing pretty well um, Figured I'd check in, it's about time I make the second episode or really the first real episode and share my experience so far in Oaxaca. It is currently Sunday. I the 27th I'm guessing and I've been here exactly a week. I flew in on the 20th, a Sunday. So here we are, one week in. I'm going to share my thoughts. Now, I was originally thinking, hmm, maybe I'll do this in Spanish, but to be honest, I'm speaking Spanish most of the day and It's currently 6.15, my time, and I don't think I could possibly think in Spanish again this day. I'm exhausted. So it's going to be in English with a few Spanish things thrown in. And that way most people, you know, that I send this to, friends, family, y'all will be able to understand as well. All right, so let's jump right in. And I'm just going to go through some of the main things I'm noticing about Oaxacanian culture, that's the city I'm in and it's also a state in Mexico and what I've noticed so far some of the adventures I've had and just some of my overall thoughts about the program so far so if you want to know more about my program check out the first episode and my thoughts before I left I was freaking out and now I'm honestly feeling pretty good I feel really comfortable I feel at home and I'm about to share a lot more so let's jump in So first I wanna start with something that, you know, is at the center of my experience here and is probably one of the most beneficial parts of my program as well as the most challenging and that would be my host family. So I'm currently sitting in my bedroom. I have my own bedroom, my own bathroom in a different part of the house from the family I'm living with. Um, There's an abuelita and she lives down on the first floor and that's where I live with her. I have my own room though, it's very separate and then the family that is hosting me they live above her in a house there so i have to take stairs outside to enter their area and that's who i spend most of my time with and i eat every meal with them it is the mom Sack, the dad chevy and two little girls andy and millie millie is five years old and andy is eight and they are so sweet I feel like I could not have been luckier to get a family that is so caminosa. They care so much about me. They're also very experienced with hosting. I actually even got to FaceTime and I text regularly, regularly with Jordan, one of the students that they had before. So that's been wonderful. I could get advice from her. She knows exactly how I feel being someone learning Spanish, living with a family that... It's just from a very different culture and normality than me. And it's been wonderful to have her to talk to as well as have a family that knows what it's like to live with an American, a gringa oaxenia, right? <laughs> so that's been great. Love the family. The mom sack is so nice and always there for me. It definitely is going to present its challenges because I'm used to being an independent college student and a lot of the other people in my program have host families of one older woman that has kids that have grown up and left the house or honestly that's the most prevalent example or people that there's only one of them living in the house and then they invite a student in and it's just a very different atmosphere than living with a family because There's a lot of people for me to talk to and they're wonderful. They wanna take me places like today, we went to see the largest tree in the world as in the largest tree trunk. It's the most stout tree in the world, which was great. And I am so appreciative of that, but it is hard because a lot of my compañeros, a lot of my classmates are out and about in the town together. And I feel torn between who to spend time with, but I need to remind myself we are only one week in, into three months of us being here. I will have plenty of time to do both, and I don't need to feel rushed, so I'm taking my time. This is the first day, honestly, that I've not had something planned by the program, so I've been pretty busy. All of us have. There hasn't been much time to do other things and out and about. All right, so the host family is going great. Speaking Spanish is definitely exhausting. I feel like I thought my Spanish was better than it actually was, mainly because in an academic setting, I can talk about literature, I can talk about war, I have the vocab for all of that. What I don't have the vocab is to tell them that I am done eating and I cannot possibly put any more food in my face. Or different animals, that the girls love to talk about that and that is definitely a challenge. So conversationally, I'm definitely struggling but the family is very patient with me and helps me a lot. The girls love to talk at me really fast and I don't understand a lot of what they say, but their mom is always saying despacio, like remember, be slow for her, so I'll figure it out. I'm getting there and I'm really excited that my Spanish is going to improve. A lot of the other compañeros in my program um, are struggling just like me and then others are hablantes nativos or like uh, native speakers or they also just have done abroad programs before and speak spanish very well and i'm very thankful to them who are very good at spanish for one being patient with me and when i hang out with them they we speak spanish together and they're allowing me to practice i mean i'm sure it's very frustrating to hear me speaking my broken spanish and trying to understand them so very appreciative for that and I'm very excited to see how I improve and grow as this program goes along all right so moving on from the host family and language which I'm sure I'll have more to talk about in later episodes I'll share a little bit more about the adventure that our program made us take our third day here our third day so we woke up in the morning and all we knew was that we were going to be doing an activity outside of the city of Oaxaca. For those of you who aren't familiar, Oaxaca is a city, it's very easily easily walkable. I live in the more residential part, La Noria, um, a neighborhood area, and on my way to school I pass a huge store that's like Walmart. And lots of little tiendas, and it's about a 15-minute walk to the school, which is about 15 minutes from the center of the city. So, very walkable city, very residential, and very easy to get around. So, all we know is that we were doing something outside of the city, in the larger state. The city is surrounded by different pueblos, different towns, that honestly each have a culture so rich that to me, it feels like it could be a completely different country. There's different dance styles in each town, different food, and the main economic source of each of these pueblos is different artisanal projects. So that could be weaving, it could be pottery, things like that. It's very rich in, cu- in culture and lengua and idiomas tambien porque each pueblo often speaks a different indigenous language The much prevalent that I've noticed would be Zapotec and so all we knew is we're exploring outside the city so we get there that day and most most of us that being our third day do not have phones that work well in Mexico but for those of us that did we had to turn off our service so that it was like it's on airplane mode and they gave us these little burner phones and we're like what is going on and then the Paola, one of our leaders of the program, explained that we were doing an adventure in pairs of two outside of the city, and the rules were: we weren't allowed to use any smartphone, only the burner phone she gave us to call her. We were not allowed to use any technology. We were not allowed to take taxis, and we had to somehow get to the town. That we were assigned now we were assigned a town but all that we received was a picture of a place in the town that was recognizable so for example my group me and my partner Elizabeth, love her she's a blessing but we got a picture of a little mercado that a market that sold different artisanal items so all we had was a picture of that place our two burner phones and ourselves and we had to take public transportation other than a taxi to get there. Our town ended up being about 30-45 minutes outside of the city. That's how long our bus ride was and let me tell you this was an adventure. So buckle up, get ready, day three, here we go. So Elizabeth and I were ready to go. We are on a mission. We leave the school And we're like, okay, so la primera vez, the first thing that has to happen is that we need to ask someone on the street what town this is in. because we had no idea. We weren't allowed to use Google or Google Maps. So we asked around, we asked a few people, and eventually we asked this one woman on the street, you know, what town is this? Where can we get the bus for it? She seemed confused. And this man overheard came up and he's like, oh, I'll show you, I'll show you. So we ended up following this man through the city of Oaxaca for probably about 15 minutes until we realized he had no clue where he was going either. He was really being nice, genuinely, and he was trying to help us, but he did not know what he where he was going. So eventually we said goodbye to him. He gave us hugs that were a little too close to, for comfort, but we left him and we finally found a woman that knew of the place. We realized we'd pretty much been walking in circles. So. Long story short, we finally found the bus stop. It's been an hour down in the day and we haven't even made it to the place yet. So we get on the bus, all the buses here for future reference, if you find yourself coming to Oaxaca, have the name of the town that they're going to written in like marker on the window, on the passenger side of the big buses or the vans. So for future reference, keep that in mind we did not know that and luckily enough we just hopped on asked the driver is this bus going to this town and he said yes so we sat down and it was great so the name of our town ended up being san bartolo bartoyo cayotepec tongue twister it's actually not fully in spanish it's in the language zapotec and it translates to la tierra de coyote So the Land of Coyotes. Um, So it was about a 30 minute bus ride until we got there. Our driver was nice enough, he could tell we were lost and was waving at us frantically from the front telling us that this was our stop. So you know, you go up to the front, you pay after you get off. Um, We gave him 20 pesos for each of us and we got off. That translates 20 pesos is roughly a dollar. So it was very inexpensive, very nice. And when we got there, you know, we got off. It was a beautiful mercado artesania with different vendors selling things. And we found out that the main economic source of this town is Barocos Negros, which are black clay. So they had different figurines of animals, pots, mugs, and this very dark or sometimes cafe-like brown-colored pottery really beautiful. I bought some pieces of course. I also bought some shoes there uh, and it was lovely. We walked around our mom's Oaxaca- Oaxacanian packed us lunches with Oaxacanian cheese. Let me tell you their cheese is amazing. We sat in the garden and enjoyed our food and enjoyed a peaceful evening. it was it was wonderful. And then we had some time to spare. We're like, okay, we don't have to be back to the school till five, let's walk around. And we saw these little taxis, mo- cyclos, like tiny little motorcycles that are like a taxi on the back. I forget the name for them, but Elizabeth, being the water sign, adventurous person she is, love her for it. it was like, let's, let's get on them. Let's go ride through town and be able to see more. So we hopped on. Elizabeth also, um, if I should mention, is Mexican-American and speaks Spanish perfectly, which was a lifesaver, because at this point in the day, I had been speaking Spanish to her and other people for a long time, and I could not even understand what the driver was saying. My brain was so tired of computing and translating, I had no clue. So she pretty much orchestrated with him to take us to a place to show us how they make the pottery. So we're sitting in this little van. I do have a video and for maybe five minutes, six minutes, not, not that long. And we get to a place and our driver just walks in and we're like, okay, this looks like someone, someone's house, but like, all right, I don't know. And so we just walk in and we come to this place where it's like a courtyard that has a bunch of little houses surrounding it. And I'm like, this is definitely someone's private property. Like, I don't think we should be here. We're like standing in the doorway awkwardly and someone's like, passe, passe, like come in, come in. And we're like, okay. And then we realize it is a place that shows you how to make pottery. I was so confused. Elizabeth, was confused. We're like, what did we just walk into? Like our fight and flight mode was intact. We're like, okay, alert. What are we doing here? It turns out everyone was just on their lunch break. We came around, I guess it was like two o'clock when most people eat. So it's a whole family business here. And this is how most of the vendors work that make these clay figures. It's a family business. The kids start when they're like six years old to learn what part of the clay making process they want to do. So the women, you know, often do the delicate work, the men with the fire, but not always. Um, they do get to choose. So it was... A family's house with different houses for each member of the family and their family and they were all around and we got to see the workspace and how it happens and it was great it was really cool and ended up being one of the best parts of the trip even though we both were pretty scared in the beginning so but then we exited after a tour it was only 10 minutes because they were at their lunch break we wanted to make sure that they could eat and our little taxi driver was gone he just left and mind you we had not paid at this point we had not paid him for our drive so we were like oh he's definitely gonna wait for us to take us back like he wouldn't have just done that no but he he had left and so we were in this middle of this town it's pretty rural but not too much and we're like hmm okay i guess we're gonna walk luckily the town is small enough that i knew the general direction that we had come from of the bus stop that it was pretty easy to find. It was really only like three streets um, and it's all very symmetrical. So we found our way back. We got on the bus to go home. It was the right bus, but we got up at the wrong stop, probably about five stops too early. So then we walked through a pretty sketchy part of right outside of Oaxaca City until our bus came again. And we finally got on and took it back to the school. So. Having a few days to process the adventure, I definitely feel a lot more calm about it, but right afterwards, I was so excited, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I just took public transportation in Mexico by myself with only one other person who also was a woman, and you know, we did it. And to be completely honest, yes, there were a few moments where I was like, ugh, what is going on? But I don't think we were ever in danger we always were around people that were honestly so caring. I mean, there was one moment where our bus like slammed on their brake. The driving here is insane, but the bus slammed on their brake and we like flew forward and the woman sitting in the seat diagonal to us was like, "Oh, oh, are you okay, chiquitas?" like, "Are you okay, like, señoritas?" like, caring for us because she could tell that we weren't from there, we weren't used to the bus system and it, honestly, I'm just, like, overwhelmed by, like, the kindness of people here. The fact that, like, someone would, like, walk with us, too, in the beginning to try to help us find the bus when they didn't even know where it was. And I think that's why my program made us do this the first day. They made us get in pairs of two and without technology. They made us use public transportation and get places, like, not only to understand, like, what a lot of people's experiences is like here, but also just to destigmatize the ideas that we have about Mexico and how it's peligroso and how it's dangerous and how it's hard to get around and like oh you don't speak the language perfectly then you just need to take a taxi like you or you just need to find a private driver but this showed me that I am perfectly capable of taking the bus and talking to people on the street, and it really broke down those walls, it really said you're not a tourist, you are going to be part of this community, and you need to do, make an effort to do that, and so that's why they did it, and I'm really glad that they did, um, and it, I've really learned a lot, so hopefully that wasn't too much of a tangent, and you weren't bored, but that was my adventure to San Bartoyo Coyotepec. We also went to Monte Alban, which is ruins from indigenous people from like before Christ, like way, way long ago. That's on top of a mountain. It was insane. The mountains here are wild. I have lots of pictures of that as well. And. Mainly the thing that I want to talk about and that I've noticed about my time here in Oaxaca specifically are the little pueblos outside of the main city and how for a lot of them, their main source of economic growth or their economy is driven by selling their art goods and tourists. And so it was just really interesting to see that. We went to another pueblo, a little town called San... Toma Jailesa. I'm definitely saying that long. Maybe it's Huayleza. Um, again, a lot of these are in indigenous languages. That's also Zapot- Zapotec, I'm pretty sure. Um, and their main source of economic prosperity is from weaving this really intricate, long loom that they use. And They're just saying how during COVID, you know, this has been a trade that's been passed down from generation to generation. No outsider will ever be able to learn how to weave. Like it's against their, their rules, their practices. So even if I really wanted to live in that town and dedicate myself to learning the craft, I wouldn't be able to. You have to be Oaxacanian, you have to be from that town, which is beautiful. I think it's amazing. But during COVID, it Almost died. I mean, a lot of these places get money from selling goods to others, and when other people weren't coming, it, it was a real, real challenge. It was really challenging. Um, so. You know, if you're a tourist looking to go anywhere, I'm sure that this is the same story for so many places around the world, but go to Oaxaca and don't be afraid to leave the city. Don't be afraid to go to the little pueblos outside because that is where true artists exist and live and pass down their art from generation to generation. And it's it's really a beautiful thing. And I feel so lucky just to have been able to witness it. And of course, buy pieces as well to take home. Yes. I also want to add a little plug for the tejate, which is a special drink here, only from Oaxaca that has a little bit of cacao, uh, elote, which is corn, and other things that I don't remember and I also I wasn't sure what they were. And this drink, it's kind of thick, and it's cold, and it's really delicious. It's very good. And you'll see women making them on the side of the road in big bins, massaging it with their hands to make the drink, and it's really delicious. So overall, those are pretty much the main things that I've noticed during my time here in Oaxaca. I do want to point out just at this point I haven't started taking classes and I am really excited to learn more about the political and economic strains of immigration and migration and what it's like here and problems here and good things here and everything in between. One thing that my director pointed out is that if you watch YouTube videos, expats in Oaxaca, expats in Mexico, a lot of Americans or Europeans that live here, which there are a lot, they use the word expats. For example, before I came, I joined a group on Facebook called Expats in Oaxaca for people that are from mostly America, mostly the United States, but also Europe that move here and live here for a pretty long amount of time it's interesting that they use the word expats instead of immigrants, because really, that's what they're doing. They're immigrating here. A lot of them live here for a few years at a time or buy property and go back and forth. That's not an expat. That's being an immigrant. And it's just interesting that they don't use those words to describe themselves because specifically as a u.s citizen we have such a negative connotation and a specific connotation to the word immigrant so that just really stuck with me and was really interesting because if any mexican would go and live in the u.s for like a few months they would be called an immigrant no one would use the word expat so that was just an interesting double standard that my director pointed out, and just being around him for a few times, he points out so many interesting things that we just take for granted. Like, I never would have questioned the word expat before, but now I am. And so I'm really excited for my, my prejudices and my preconceived notions of things to be challenged in that way. So... There's also another controversy, which I'll touch on later, as I'm sure I'll learn more about, but Oaxaca, the city, is surrounded by mountains. It's almost like in a valley, and let me tell you, these mountains are beautiful. I hiked up half of one yesterday when we went to visit the home of my programs director. He lives outside of the city in a little town. His view from his yard is a beautiful mountain. And we just walked from his yard to the bottom of it and hiked up a little. But anyway, Oaxaca is surrounded by mountains. And currently the government is excavating through those mountains to build a highway system right to the beach, La Playa, to the ocean. Normally here at Oaxaca, the ocean is not that far away, but it takes about six or seven hours by car because you have to go on these winding roads through the mountains and around the mountain range. So this highway is going to make the trip to the beach about two and a half to three hours. So a much more direct route for transporting goods, transporting tourists, as well as transporting local people here in Oaxaca to the beach. But it's very controversial because Oaxaca is filled with indigenous people with connections to the land, and they're actively protesting the building of this highway. So in some ways it will help a lot of people economically, but it will also hinder the land and it's hurting the ecosystems. So it's just a delicate balance and we're seeing a lot of gentrification in Oaxaca and I'm excited to learn more about the impacts there. So yeah, again. This is only my first week and a lot of what we've been doing has just been getting accustomed to life here, getting to know each other as a group, as a cohort, as well as our host families and so we haven't really dived in deep yet to what we're here to learn about which is immigration, migration, politics, economics and things like that. So stay tuned for that in another episode but I am very excited to learn more. I feel really awakened and vibrant in this city if that makes sense it's a very vibrant lively city with so many different cultures and people to explore so I'm really excited I feel great being here I know it's only been a week but it feels like a lot longer probably because we've been so busy um and that's not that's not a bad thing I'm not saying that is a bad way but yes So this is about the end of my podcast. This one's a little bit longer. Hopefully it didn't drag on. Please let me know if you have any specific questions for those of you listening or anything you would like to know more about what I'm doing here and how how it's going. I hope I hit on most of the key points and stay tuned in later episodes. I'll probably do a mix between talking about my life here and what it's like living in another country and studying abroad, as well as other episodes about specifically what I'm learning in class and what I think is important to share when it comes to politics and things like that around immigration. All right, so I'll see you in the next episode.